Praise the Lord. Time to look to the Word of God. Welcome to everyone. Welcome to our international friends and ministries in other parts of the world and churches in other parts of the world. Today I want to draw our attention to a particular portion of Scripture. I've entitled the message, A Church on Fire. Let's turn to Psalm 125 to begin with. Psalm 125, verses 1 to 3. Bible says those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be moved but abides forever. This is beyond the Mount Zion in Israel in the natural land. That Zion can be moved and was moved, but there's a Zion that cannot be moved and that's the eternal presence of God. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They are like Mount Zion which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land, on the inheritance allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. Verse 3 is where I want to focus for a moment. The Bible says the scepter of wickedness or the rod of the wicked, or the oppressor's staff, will not rest upon the inheritance, upon the land, upon the lot of the righteous. This is the promise of God to us. The Bible says that we are to be a people that respond vibrantly and confidently before the Lord. There is an inheritance that God has given to each of us that cannot be brought under the oppressor's staff. It cannot be overcome by wickedness. Now the Bible doesn't say that the rod of wickedness can't be lifted up, that it can't intimidate, that it can't endeavor to oppress, but the Bible says that it will not prevail, it will not abide, it will not rest. The scepter of wickedness will not rest on the inheritance of the righteous. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No tongue that rises up against you in judgment. You will condemn that tongue. No accusation will stand. This is the inheritance of the children of the Lord. This is our privilege. Pastor Mark has taught us that the Bible doesn't say that no weapon can be formed, but it does say it will not prosper. And the rod of the wicked will not rest upon the inheritance of the righteous. I want to talk about our inheritance this morning in three aspects. When we read the word of God, we find that there were many oppressors that came against the people of God. Egypt is spoken of, the Egyptians, as an oppressor. The Canaanite nations, the seven nations greater and mightier than you, God said to his people, that inhabit the land of Canaan. These were oppressors of the people of God. The Assyrians, the Babylonian Empire, these were oppressors of the people of God. They would lift up their rod against the people of the Lord, against their inheritance, but that rod could not rest, it could not prevail. The Bible speaks of the oppression of the wicked. It speaks of the oppression of man. It speaks of the oppression of the enemy. But the Lord has a promise for us that the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the inheritance allotted to the righteous. And we have a wonderful inheritance in God. What is that inheritance? The inheritance of the righteous this morning, number one, is your personal spiritual land. 
To every one of us, God has given a promised land that we are to possess, that we are to gain, that we are to occupy. It's our land flowing with milk and honey. It's our personal inheritance with God, the inner land, the spiritual development that God has given to every one of us. This is the inheritance of the righteous, your personal spiritual inheritance, your land. Jesus said in Luke 17, 21, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. You have a kingdom of God. You have an inheritance. You have a land that you are to possess and occupy, that which the Lord has offered to every one of us, a vast spiritual capacity to walk with God, understand his ways. The kingdom of God is within you. And the Apostle Paul said, he defined it, that kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. No one can touch that land. The, law, the rod of the wicked cannot rest on that land. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The Lord said to Abram, Arise and walk through the land in the breadth of it and the length of it, for I will give it unto you. Abraham, arise and walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto you. Abraham understood when God was calling him that God gave him a portion in the natural. God said, this land of Canaan is going to be for your descendants. But Abraham had his eyes on something far greater than that. To him, the land itself, the promise of earth in the here and now, was incidental. It was secondary to what was going on in his spirit. And when he heard God say, Arise and walk through the land in the breadth of it and the length of it, he wasn't just talking about a natural land. He was walk, talking about a spiritual capacity that he could develop in his God. The principle never changes. Every, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, we have to gain the inheritance. We have to walk out of victory in the ways of the Lord, in his truths, in the establishment of his kingdom within us, in the revelation of his word, in the power of his spirit. David said in Psalm 16, 5 to 6, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot, my land. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance in the Lord. How many can say amen to that? The personal land God has given you to walk in. David knew that the Lord was his inheritance. He knew that the word of God was his inheritance, that the spiritual life God had given him was his true inheritance. And to David, it didn't matter if he was in a pit or in a palace. He was living in a land flowing with milk and honey. He was walking in the promised land of the inheritance spiritually that God had given him. And what a wonderful promise it is. You are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. When Jesus came to earth and walked on earth, he was living in two dimensions at the same time. And in John chapter 3 and verse 13, he said these words. He said, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. 
the Son of Man who is in heaven. Say, Jesus, do you know where you are? You're not in heaven. You came down from heaven. You're in the earth. You're walking among men. What do you mean you're in heaven? Jesus knew how to live in another dimension. Though he walked on earth, he lived in another dimension. He lived, he said, in heaven, the Son of Man who is in heaven. He said, while I'm walking around here on earth, dealing with all of life and duties and ministry and responsibilities and family and disciples, everything I'm doing, I'm down here in the earth, but I'm living in heaven at the same time. What a glorious inheritance we have to be able to live in this spiritual realm. I'm here to encourage you this morning to develop your spiritual land. Arise, walk through the land God has given you. Gain some inheritance. Gain the worship dimensions, the prayer dimensions, the generosity dimensions, the fruit of the Spirit. Walk up and down in the land God has given you and develop it fully. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you. How about the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the inheritance of the righteous? This word. The promises of God. I don't know of a greater promised land that we have than right here. The promises of God. All the promises of the Lord. The Bible says the promises of God in Christ are yes and in him amen to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and in him, amen, so be it, to the glory of God through us. We have a vast inheritance right here. This is the promised land, and we walk up and down through it. Arise and walk through the land. Walk through the word of God. Claim the promises. Make them yours. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 20 and verse 32, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified by, by the faith that's in me. Commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Take in the promises of the Lord. Walk through the scriptures. Learn the scriptures. Walk up and down in the promises of God, for that is a land flowing with milk and honey for you. The rod of the wicked cannot touch the word of God. The promises of God for our lives. I am reticent to equate the blessing of God with recreation, pleasure, and ease. Now, I appreciate legitimate pleasure and recreation and ease as much as anyone here today. But I am careful when I say that is the blessing of God. I understand that in a secondary capacity in my life. Pleasure and recreation, the good things of life, the enjoyment of life. I place those secondary. I say those are a blessing in my life. I, they, I say they are a blessing from God, but I do not equate them with the blessing of God. What is the blessing of God? Because when you think about it this morning, right now there are tens of thousands of our brothers and sisters in Christ 
who have been torn from their homes and their families, and many of their, their bodies are languishing in prisons. They are being tortured for their faith in Christ. Every day of the year, including today, between 400 and 500 of our brothers and sisters in Christ are being martyred for the faith because they made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ, and some of them are being taken out by their own families. What is the blessing of God? What is the true blessing of God? I'll tell you what the true blessing of God is. The true blessing of God is a life on fire with the Holy Spirit. The true blessing of God is a family on fire with the Holy Spirit. The true blessing of God is a church on fire with the fire of the Holy Spirit. See, vacations and houses and occupations and recreations can all be taken away from us. But a life on fire, a family on fire, and a church on fire can never be taken away. The rod of the wicked, the scepter of wickedness, cannot rest upon the inheritance of the righteous. The inheritance of the righteous. So number one, our personal spiritual capacity, our development, our walk with God. Number two this morning, the inheritance of the righteous, your godly family. Your godly family. Bible says, lo, behold, children are an inheritance from the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. There's an inheritance we must guard, we must protect, we must raise up. An inheritance in our lives. It's our godly family. Deuteronomy 11.21 says that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. My, what beautiful words. A promise given to the family that will serve God with all their heart that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. There is a covering for our families. The blood of Christ is upon us. The presence of God is upon us. The wings of the Almighty overshadow us. The protection of the Lord is upon our families. And we understand that's one of the greatest inheritance we could ever have in this life, our godly family, raising our sons and daughters, raising our family in the holy purpose of God. God says the rod of wickedness shall not rest on the inheritance of the righteous. There was a man in the Bible, five times it's recorded that he followed the Lord fully. He wholly followed the Lord. Nothing held back. Full surrender. And the man was Caleb. In Joshua 14, 9, there was a promise given to him. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Surely the land will be your inheritance and your children's forever because you've wholly followed the Lord God. 
it makes a difference when fathers and mothers follow the Lord with all their heart. God says, I'm going to give out inheritance to that family. I'm going to bless that family, and it'll not only be the inheritance of the father and the mother, that inheritance is going down to the children and to the children's children, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Let's believe for this inheritance. This is the promise of God. The scepter of wickedness will not rest on the inheritance of the righteous. Now, all of us are very close to our families, and if there's any allegiance and Loyalty we have above others. It's to the flesh and blood, our family members, our children, our grandchildren that God has given to us. And we must be like Caleb. Follow the Lord fully. Serve the Lord. Worship the Lord fully. Walk in his word. Walk in his promises. Because we want an inheritance to go down. The Lord said, I'm giving this inheritance to Caleb and his descendants because he has wholly followed me. He's held nothing back, a full surrender of his life. When we go through the word of God, we are to claim the promises of the Lord. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon in this promised land, I will give to you. We walk through the land of promise. We walk through this land flowing with milk and honey. As the Bible says, the land that we walk in is a land that is cared for by the God of heaven. His eyes are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end. It's a land where springs flow out of hills and valleys. It's a place that is watered by the rain of heaven, the Bible says. And the fruit of the Lord is in this land that he's given us. And so we, we walk this spiritual inheritance. When we go through the word of God, we must claim the promises of God. One of the greatest promises that we can claim over our families is found in Deuteronomy 33. Deuteronomy 33, the Bible says, this is the blessing which Moses put upon the people of God. Deuteronomy 33 is a prophecy. Every The tribes of Israel were prophesied over, and we know there were 12 tribes. In Genesis 49, Jacob prophesied over the people of God. Twelve tribes, twelve prophecies over the people of God. When I read Genesis 49 and I read Deuteronomy 33, I know the Lord is speaking of me. He's speaking of my family. He's speaking of my church that I'm a part of. And I claim those promises. I claim those promises. Now we're going to look at Joseph, but I'll just give you a couple others. This is the blessing of Judah. Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah. Hear the voice of praise. And let his hands be sufficient for him as they worship, as they're lifted in warfare. Let his hands be sufficient for him. Be an help to him from his enemies. Of Asher he said, let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren. And let him dip his foot in oil. Your shoes will be iron and brass. You'll conquer. And as your days, so shall your strength be. These are prophecies over the Israel of God. These are prophecies we must walk in and claim for ourselves. Listen, there are prophecies that men can give us. But the Bible says when men prophesy to us, they see through a glass dimly. They see through a mirror dimly. They don't have a full view. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
People give us words. People prophesy. We feel inclination sometimes in our heart concerning the Lord and nudgings of the Spirit. Men and women give us words from the Lord, but they see through a glass dimly. But there is a mirror that has no obscurity. There is a mirror that has no darkness, and it's this more sure word of prophecy. And these words are for our lives, and they're for our families, that we can grow and be strong and fulfill the will of God. By the word of the Lord, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. It is written, it is written, it is written. Get thee behind me, Satan. Away with you, Satan. I resist you steadfast in the faith, in the promises of God. And so we take on a boldness, and we prophesy the word of the Lord. And yes, I prayed Deuteronomy 33 hundreds of times over my family. And I encourage you to do it today. And of Joseph, he said, my name is Joseph. My name is Joseph. And of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord be his land. With the precious things of heaven, with the dew and the deep lying beneath, with the precious fruits of the sun, with the precious produce of the months, with the best things of the ancient mountains, with the precious things of the everlasting hills, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness, and the favor of him who dwelt in the bush, the great I am God. And the favor of him who dwelt in the bush. Let the blessing come on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate, who was distinguished from his brethren because of his spiritual capacity, his spiritual fervor before the Lord. His glory is like a firstborn bull and his horns like the horns of the wild ox. Together with them he shall push the peoples to the ends of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim and they are the thousands of Manasseh. Pull that word over your family. Start to prophesy that. That's a more sure word of prophecy. You're not looking through a, a mirror dimly. You are seeing face to face. This is the heart of God for us. Blessed of the Lord be his land, the precious things of heaven, the precious things of the deep, the favor of him that dwelt in the bush, to push the people together to the ends of the earth in the gospel mandate and measure. These are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and these are the thousands of Manasseh. Now, I have two sons, and I claim the ten thousand prophecy over both of them because they have different giftings, but in their giftings and callings, they all have a ten thousand measure, and they all have a thousand measure, and we must begin to prophesy and speak over our families. God says, The rod of the wicked shall not rest shall not prevail on the inheritance of the righteous and god says your family is your spiritual inheritance prodigals come home some of you have labored for years praying over sons and daughters i want to say to you keep calling the prophecies of god call this book over them take these prophecies and put their name in there and said lord this is the inheritance you've given me 
Say, well, the years have gone by. Years have gone by. Years have gone by. I don't see any change. You never know what God can do even in the final hours of their life because the Bible says on some people have compassion, but others save with fear, pulling them from the fire pulling them from the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. We can pull people out of the fire before it's too late. The judgments were falling on Sodom and Gomorrah. But there was a man who stood on the hill and said, God, if there be 45, if there be 40, if there be 30, if there be 10, spare the city. Not even 10 could be found. But that righteous man, Abraham, that intercessor, was praying down for a family, praying for a family down in Sodom. And that family was lost his nephew and his sons and daughters and he was praying and because of his prayers God rescued Lot he couldn't get the whole family out but he did rescue the nephew Lot and his two daughters Abraham pulled them out of the fire hating even the garments spotted by the flesh do I believe in deathbed conversions yes I do yes I do for one reason because of the prayers of praying fathers and mothers and righteous men and women that have contended for the promises of God over their loved ones for decades and many, many years. But God is faithful. God answers the prayers of the righteous. You have an inheritance today. You have an inheritance. The inheritance of the righteous is your godly family. Pray and fast and seek God and prophesy the word of the Lord. Invoke and pull the promises of God over your family today. Hallelujah. Blessed of the Lord be his land. Of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord be his land. For the precious things of heaven and for the dew and for the deep that couches beneath. For the precious things of the everlasting hills, the everlasting hills. Those are the hills of glory, because the hills of this world are not lasting hills, but there are everlasting hills. And for the favor of him that dwelt in the bush, pray, call on God. This is a more sure word of prophecy. You see the face of God in them. Number three today, what is the inheritance of the righteous? Heaven. Heaven. Maybe we should think about heaven a little more. So caught up with the world, so caught up with what's going down here, but the righteous have a living hope. 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us, has born, we've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time that salvation is the coming of Christ the day of Jesus Christ the coming of the Lord we have been born again to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away no one can touch it no enemy powers can touch it no sin and darkness can touch it it's reserved in heaven for us and we're kept by the power of god for that heavenly inheritance 
We all understand down in this world we're strangers and pilgrims. We've been taken out of the world, but we're still in the world. And we know we don't quite fit in the world. Like Abraham, though he walked the land of promise, he was restless because he knew the land of Canaan, that ground in the Middle East, wasn't his true inheritance. He was looking for a city. He was looking for something far beyond. 2 Peter 3, 12 to 13 says to us, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Looking for and hasting unto. The Apostle Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're hasting unto. We're expecting. We're pushing forward. We're pressing on to the day of God. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. Wherein dwelleth righteousness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Hebrews 11, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, by faith Abraham dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. God says, this is your inheritance. I'm giving you the land of Canaan. It's a gift to you. And yet, when Abram was walking around in the land of promise in the earth, he said, it's like a strange country. It's like a foreign country. It's not really my ultimate home. He's dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God, the heavenly Jerusalem. He waited for the city which has eternal foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Not a city built in this world by man, but a city whose builder and maker is God. Hebrews 11 verse 13 says, These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had, have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. He has prepared for them a city. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they came out, they would have had opportunity to return. But we've got a sign on our lives, no turning back. No turning back. We're pressing on to heaven's gates. We're pressing on to glory. This world is not our home. And the greatest inheritance for all of us is yet to come. When we live eternally from Jesus Christ, having won the victory on this side of eternity, having overcome sin, overcome the world system, overcome the power of Satan, we will stand in the victory of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, forever. Hebrews 13, 14 says, For here we have no continuing city. Here we have no continuing city. But we seek the one to come.
We seek the one to come. Let's comfort ourselves with scripture I'm going to read over you. Why don't we stand together? Worship team, come. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 16, 13 to 18. Listen to these glorious words. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The inheritance of the righteous. Number one this morning, your personal spiritual land. Walk the land. Arise and begin to walk through the land. Walk through the promises of God for your life. Walk through the capacity that he wants to expand in you. Stretch out to the north and the south and the east and the west. Enlarge your spiritual understanding. Enlarge the knowledge of God. Increase your faith. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord until you're walking around in a land flowing with milk and honey. Doesn't matter if you're on a plane, on a train. It doesn't matter if you're at home or abroad. It doesn't matter if you're locked in a prison cell. Like some great heroes of the faith have been, they were living in a land flowing with milk and honey, no matter where they were. F.B. Meyer said these great words. To the soul that is absorbed with God, all places and experiences are much the same. To the person involved with God, absorbed with God, all places and experiences are much the same. Why? Because you're not really living in that place and that experience. You're like the Son of Man. Though you're down on earth, you're living in a heavenly realm. You're living in a different inheritance. Inheritance of your family. Claim promises of God today. Don't let unbelief crowd into your heart. Don't let cursing crowd into your heart. Speak the word of the Lord over your family. Call on the name of the Lord. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Prophesy the word of the Lord and the promises of God over your sons and your daughters, your grandchildren. And today, thank God for the inheritance of heaven. Jesus said, the day coming, he said, I will divide the nations. I will divide the sheep and the goats. The sheep are his people. He said, those who have been re redeemed out of the nations, these are the sheep. He said, they'll be on my right hand. And I will say to them, come, you blessed of my father, inherit, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Come and enter heaven's glory. The Bible says he will say to the goats, those on his left hand, those who rejected the Lord, he said, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his demonic agents. And Jesus said these words, 
There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why weeping? Why do people weep? Because of sorrow. Because of loss. Because of regret. There will be weeping in eternity. In the fires of hell. Because people will remember the times that they heard the gospel. And how the message was there. And people witnessed to them. And all of a sudden they'll realize with weeping, the sorrow. Why didn't I listen? Why didn't I follow Jesus? Why didn't I resist my own flesh life? Why didn't I break my own lack of surrender and follow the Lord? Jesus said there'll be weeping in eternity, but he also said there'll be gnashing of teeth, anger, anger. If people hate the Lord now and hate the Word of God and do not want to follow the beautiful Son of God, the only perfect man that ever walked this world, they crucified him. Say, what would people do? What would this world do if somebody walked in absolute perfection, never sinned, never spoke out of turn, walked in holiness and purity and righteousness? Well, the Bible shows us what the world does to a person like that. They crucified the only perfect person that ever walked this world. It's unthinkable. But Jesus said there'll be gnashing of teeth in eternity because their weeping will turn as well to anger. If they hated the Son of God now, think of how they will hate him when they endure eternal judgment. The Bible says now is the time of salvation. Today is the day to follow the Lord. Today is the day to give your life to the Lord. He has an inheritance. He has a blessing for every person. And anyone here this morning, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by him. He's our salvation. Let's call on the name of the Lord today. Let's thank him for his great inheritance. Let's pull the promises of God down over our lives for a few minutes. We're the people of God. The scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the inheritance of the righteous. We declare it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.